Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek, and right now I would cuss at you, but I don't remember if they cuss in this book. But you better bet your bottom dollar the first time they cuss in this book, all bets are off. 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. I would have gotten to this book like three, four months ago. Nah, let's be honest, like two months ago. It doesn't really matter what the time span is because this is an everlasting show. It's an evergreen show, but I would have gotten to it a while back if my wife hadn't sucked the life out of me, which is also the name of my sex tape. But if my wife hadn't sucked the life out of me and sucked the air out the room by having me read Ethic. Every time I think about that word, Ethic, I just think about the fact that they took a kid who was deaf and gave her cochlear implants and suddenly she could talk just fine. And everything was hunky-dory. And I am not going into part two of that. And I am not going into it right now. Instead, I want to talk about happy stuff. So I was going to read this book called uh, Let the Circle Be Unbroken, Happy Stuff. That was going to be next after Ethic. Yeah, back to back. Let's talk um, horrible uh, murder drama book coupled with horrible uh, living in Jack. Not horrible. Not horrible. Let the Circle Be Unbroken is a wonderful book. It's just about a family growing up in sharecropping Mississippi, and you know what that is. White folks, you really know what that is. You should donate. But I tried to read it. I promise you, I tried. I tried like six, seven, eight, nine times to get that book started. And I still have the save file somewhere on my computer where I'm literally halfway through page nine. And my brain was just like, what are you doing, bro? Bro, we don't even, bro, why are we reading this? It's like your brain does when you run. Like, are we being chased? Why are we running? I didn't do anything wrong. That's what my mind was saying to me while I was reading that book. I did nothing wrong. Why am I being subjected to this? I'm going to literally dig my feet into the ground and not move another inch. And my mind just shut down. So I played a lot of Call of Duty. Like a lot, a lot. I played DMZ mode. If y'all are on the PlayStation 5, and it's still recent to when I came out with this episode. Uh, I believe my PlayStation ID is Rashani. I am now like 168 level on that game. I played a lot of it. Like Ethic and Let the Circle Be Unbroken just sent me scurrying to whatever safe place I could find. And it was that. 
So I am going to drag myself back into reading a book out loud because I love it and I love y'all and you've been missed and hey, what's happening? Um, and since I'm dragging myself back into it, I may as well drag myself back into a good classic. Like I know that I say I have hood classics and good classics and all that, but this is a absolutely good classic and it pleases me to read this now. So with no further ado, I bring to you Fly Girl by Omar Tyree. And my beloved wife just looked up at me and she smirked and she uh, gave a slight laugh because if you're black and you are between the ages of, let's say, 43 and uh, 27, maybe 28, Fly Girl is right up there with um, The Coldest Winter Ever as far as required black books that were read as a young adult. And I think this book is like sublime. So since I need some sublimity in my life, I don't even know if that's a word. It feels like it's a word. But since I need some sublime moments in my life, we're going to get this started. So, Fly Girl, The Early Years, Drifting Apart. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Wait, dear Tracy, happy birthday to you. Oh, they're not singing the black version. <laughs> I they have the R's or the O's drawn out in two. I just thought it was it. Happy birthday to you. Did you know you can get sued for singing this song? And that's why restaurants have that happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. We wish it was our birthday so we could party too. Hey, because you'll get sued for singing the real happy birthday song in a restaurant. Like who's gonna tell? Who's snitching? I mean, other than white women. Who's snitching? I mean, other than white men, too. Who's snitching? Probably cops. Who's snitching? Happy birthday. I don't even like this version of the song. Like, Stevie Wonder came and kicked down the building, and it was over. Like, boom! Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. White folks. Ten, uh, uh, one and four. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. White folks, two and three. Happy birthday. You know how hard it is to clap off beat? On purpose? <sighs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tracy. Happy birthday to you. We sing that version, and then I don't know how it got started in my family. It's like our fucking legacy. Oops, already cursed. Fuck it. Fuck it. We here now. Uh, we a one, a two, a three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. And then, like, my family who all sang in the choir and are really fucking talented, they, like, layer it. Happy birthday. I'm fucking with you. They don't. Happy birthday to you. And then, for some reason, we end off with ba da 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 Black folks are fucking talented. White folks can never.
I mean, Jack Harlow could, I guess. Y'all hear that sound? I'm talented. All praise is due to Allah, I guess. Anyhow. Happy birthday to you. The crowd of 16 children sang, help along by some of the parents who were present. It was Sunday afternoon in Tracy's sixth year of life, 1977. She sat proudly on her father's lap at the table in front of her birthday cake. She cracked a broad smile in her cute red dress. Her newly tied ponytail dangled down her neck. Her hazel eyes enlarged as her daddy helped her to cut the two-layer cake while the other children watched excitedly, all wishing that it was their birthday. Tracy's daddy, Dave Ellison, was deep cocoa brown and hazel-eyed and had the lean figure of a trained athlete. He was a youthful 29-year-old, possessing the boyish face of a teen. Dave wore no mustache or beard, obeying his self-imposed hygiene regulation. He believed that his clean-shaven face presented a healthy and professional appearance at the hospital, where he worked as a pharmacist. Tracy's smooth, honey-brown skin was exactly half the richness of her father's tone. She had inherited his light-colored eyes, along with the almond shape and long eyelashes of her mother, Patty. You hear that, people? Huh? Huh? Do you hear that? They're saying almond-eyed. You don't have to say slurs. No chinky. Oh, God. Tracy's eyes seemed to glimmer whenever the sun hit them, making them sparkle like a cat's eyes. Cat eyes, not the slur. Not the slur. You don't have to use the slur. I mean, I'm really talking to you, Ashley and Jaquavius. Jaquavius. Ja Rule. Ja Ja. Not the slurs. She was average height for her age, not standing out among the other kids. But her daddy was tall, and her mother was no midget herself. Midget. Yeah, that's no longer useful. Patty had inherited a considerable amount of height from her father, Jason Smith, who had died in a car crash a year ago. So, Tracy, it seemed, was destined to be tall. Tracy's cousins had always envied the attention she received. For her birthday, she received presents and money from all her guests and relatives. Her aunts brought her new clothing and shoes that her cousins wished they could have. All but two of her six cousins were older than she was. Patty, matching her daughter and wearing red herself, bought Tracy a pink Mickey Mouse watch. Dave gave her a small gold ring. Most of the parents sat around eating ice cream and cake and watching the television set inside the kitchen. Their kids played board games in Ellison's large, finely decorated basement. The kids began to scream and yell once Patty decided to put on a VCR movie. The 27-inch... <laughs> I tried. The 27-inch floor model color television set was a brand new RCA. David bought it a week before the party. He had moved the old 19-inch Sony with Stan into Tracy's room. Her cousins envied that too. 27 inches. I'm just thinking that Mac Dre proudly says that his rims are 22 motherfucking inches. This TV is five inches bigger than Mac Dre's tire. I'm just, when we were kids, like not even when we were kids, I'll be real with y'all. When we first got married, we had a 27 inch TV and um, it sat there and the first big TV that we got 
the first flat screen that we got was like a 50 inch and I thought we were balling and then it just kept going up like the size of the TV keeps going up and the size of the intelligence just keeps going down that's what Republicans would say out of the four sisters Tracy's mother Patty had captured the best man and Patty had been considered the prettiest sister since her youth with her light skin curvaceous body and dark almond shaped eyes Dave was definitely a catch. His high income enabled him to move into a comfortable and scenic black neighborhood in northwest Philadelphia. In Germantown, they had the luxury of private lawns, patios, driveways, and lots of trees, which surround their three-bedroom twin house. Things not affordable to many Philadelphians who lived in crowded row house areas. Patty worked at a nursing home as a dietitian, adding to their snug income. So far, Tracy was their only child. Dave was an only child himself. Patty's three sisters each had two children. Tracy fought with her cousins constantly. At most of their family gatherings, her mother and aunts tried unsuccessfully to keep them apart. Their unruly children could destroy an entire party with infighting. They had done it many times before. The kids, ten girls and six boys, including Kamar, Tracy's only boy cousin, watched Cinderella. The girls were having more fun than the boys, who would have rather watched Dumbo. But it was Tracy's party, and she wanted to see Cinderella first. The children spilled juice on the rug, left crumbs on the table, and got melted ice cream all over their bodies. Why would you let them drink juice in the front room? You're black. Black people don't let that happen, especially not in the 80s. You better sit yourself down. You know, black parents have rules that make no sense when you become adults. But you sometimes follow those rules too. Like, kids aren't allowed to drink the sodas. In the ice chest. They can only drink Capri Suns. Now the parents and the adults can drink Capri Suns. But the kids can't drink sodas. The kids can't eat ribs, steak, hot links. Those are considered adult foods. They can eat the frozen burger patties or a hot dog. Yeah, that was about it. Patty ran behind them, cleaning up to keep the house neat and pretty. There were carpets in every room except for the kitchen, which had new blue and white tile floors. And when Patty finally gave up trying to salvage what was left of her clean house, she went and sat in her large kitchen with her sisters and the rest of the parents. Girl, this house is just beautiful, a parent said enthusiastically, as though the house had energized her. Yeah, girl, you just don't know how much we put into this house, Patty quickly responded, trying to be modest. Well, if my man had some money, I could have had a house like this too, Patty's younger sister Tanya said. She stood inside the kitchen entrance, leaning up against the wall. Tanya was well curved herself, wearing a royal blue shirt and pants set with black shoes. Mm-hmm. That's why I love to visit, just to be in this house, Patty's younger sister Joy said with a giggle. This feels better than being in the hospital. Joy was considered the silly sister. She was on the thin side, wearing an off-white dress and sitting in one of the kitchen chairs. See, I told you years ago, Joy, that that boy you was dating didn't have no sense, but you wouldn't listen. Marcia, the oldest sister, commented. Marcia was heavyset and mean. She wore a wide, black, skimpy dress. She kept pulling it down over her hips under the kitchen table. You need to stop trying to look cute in them tacky-ass outfits you wear, 
Patty thought to herself for her older sister. See, I can cuss now officially. Look who talking, Joy responded to Marshall while slicing a piece of cake. You ain't got nothing better than what I got. Well, that's only because the nigga left me, but I got more, honey. Patty began to feel uncomfortable, predicting where her sister's conversation was headed. Come on now, every time we get together, we talk about the same old, same old. Man, I ain't said same old, same old in a while. Same old, same old. Huh. Now, this is supposed to be my daughter's party, so let's act like it, she told him. Oh, girl, listen to you, Marcia snapped. You're going to get yourself a little college boy with some money and then tell us not to be jealous. Now, hold on one minute, Patty responded. Don't start this dumb stuff tonight, Marcia, because I'm sick of it. That escalated really quickly. Like, okay. I mean, but I've seen parties where it escalates like that out of nowhere, so I guess... Now, hold on one minute, Patty responded. Don't start with this dumb stuff tonight, Marcia, because I'm sick of it. You can leave my house with all that. Marcia shook angrily while trying to lift herself from the kitchen chair. Fine. I ain't got to stay here for this boring-ass party any damn way. The parents, standing inside the kitchen in the dining room, began to feel embarrassed. They all appeared as though they weren't listening to the argument, but they were. You know what, Marcia? This is it. If you can't show me any respect in my house, then you don't need to come here anymore. There's no reason for you to act like this towards me or the rest of us. Fine, sister. You said it, Marcia huffed. She jumped on the phone and called a taxi. She then got her coat and rumbled to the basement door to call her two daughters. Trisha Marie, get your things because we going home. No, I'll take them home, Joy interjected. Ain't no sense in them being punished just because you can't get along. Marcia looked offended. Look, damn it, my girls came here with me and they gonna leave with me. Both of her daughters looked up from the basement stairway while listening to the confusion. Trish, the oldest, didn't care one way or the other, but Marie didn't want to leave. Trish hiked up the stairs and got her coat in a flash. Marie whined while moving slowly up the stairs behind her. No, mommy, I want to stay, she whined. Get up them damn steps, girl. I'm sick of your whining, Marcia screamed at her, grabbing her arm. Come on, stop her, Tanya urged Patty. Tanya, the peacemaker, had the two youngest children. You know how she is, Tanya, so I ain't even gonna try, Patty told her. Tracy came upstairs with the rest of the kids to watch the dispute. She felt good that her aunt, Marcia, and cousins were leaving. She didn't want them at her party in the first place. David sneaked upstairs to his room to watch a football game long ago. He decided to stay out of the sister battles. He knew it was coming. The Smith sisters had never gotten along since he had met his wife. They were all a larger image of their children. The man don't really love you. He only married you because you messed around and got pregnant on him. Damn, Marcia said to Patty as she hastily headed for the door. And I should tell him you lied the first time. My wife is not impressed by the smoke. Patty was shocked at Marcia's outburst. I don't believe she said some shit like that in front of everybody, she snapped to herself. A large vein in Patty's throat thumped erratically. She was embarrassed. She fought off a strong urge to go after her mean-spirited sister as she walked from the house. Patty felt like canceling the entire party to recuperate from Marcia's venom, but it was a celebration for her lovely daughter. She didn't want to let her inconsiderate older kin ruin Tracy's party. Nevertheless, 
A few of the parents could sense her embarrassment. They moved to gather their children for home as well. Look, Patty, it's been nice, but I really have to be going. The kids have school tomorrow, one parent said. No, don't let this tear my daughter's party apart, Venice. I'm fine. Now, come on, they can stay, Patty pleaded. Patty, I have some other stops to make, Venice argued. Damn, I didn't know you were allowed to say that. I have some other stops to make at a birthday party for kids. I did. I she, 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 just you wait. Every birthday party we go to, I got some other stops to make. Nigga, it's your son's birthday party. I said what I said. Next stop, my bedroom. Call of Duty. So, <laughs> oh, Patty sighed and gave in. Well, at least let me make you a few doggy bags, she offered. Venice nodded as Patty hurried off towards the kitchen. Patty quickly wrapped up leftover food and two large slices of cake in aluminum foil as she helplessly watched her daughter's party fall apart. See? That's why I hate them. They always mess stuff up, Tracy whined at the front door. I know. Every time they come over here, they get mad at everyone for no reason, the girl from next door agreed. The three boys from down the street who were left weren't concerned. With the diminishing number of girls, they went back inside the basement to begin watching Dumbo. Ding dong! Ding dong! Mommy, somebody's at the door, Tracy called, running back to the kitchen. I heard it the first time, Patty responded to her. She marched out to answer it. Hey, Patty, how you doing? She backed up to let him in. I'm fine, Keith. How are you? I'm okay. I just came to pick my daughter up, Keith said, eyeing his little girl who was sitting on the couch. She stared up at his slender, dark frame in alarm. Well, let me get you some cake, Patty told him. Okay, Keith said. Patty took another trip to the kitchen. Keith then approached his daughter on the couch. Hey, girl, he asked her sternly. Yes, Daddy, she whimpered. Didn't I tell you to leave at 6.30? You got school tomorrow. His little girl hunched her shoulders and drew a long face. Yes? Aw, oh, Mr. Keith, she was going to come home soon, Tracy said in her friend's defense. Yeah, well, that ain't the point. Her daddy told her to come on home on her own, Keith responded to Tracy. It's ten after seven now, and she forgot all about what I told her. Here you go, Keith, Patty said, returning with more cake wrapped in aluminum foil. Oh, thanks, Patty, Keith said with a smile. Keith was not tall, nor as defined as Tracy's dad. His daughter, Rahima, favored him in the face with her high cheekbones and aquiline nose. Her fair skin and long brown hair favored her mother. Patty had always wondered why Keith was so mean to his wife and daughters. They were all beautiful, yet he treated them with nothing but bitterness. Well, goodbye, Rara, she said, stooping down. Rahima was as light as Patty and pretty cheerful. But Keith, in times of his evilness, could look like a... That is not right. But Keith, in times of his evilness, could look like a blue-black, red-eyed wino. Nigga, we... Colorism all throughout this. Like, a real issue. It, he could be a light-skinned wino. He could be a white-skinned rhino. He, he could be a tight-skinned rhino if he got Botox. Stop getting on black people. Damn. Say goodbye to Aunt Patty, girl, he told her while Patty stood beside them. Rahim was nerve-wracked by then, and her voice showed it. Good Goodbye, Aunt, Aunt Patty, she stuttered with tears in her eyes. 
Patty noticed her fear and made a point of it to see her to her house next door. Keith had a snake's tongue, but he was no match for Patty. What's wrong, Rara? She asked as if she didn't know. Oh, she's just crying because she has to go home to get ready for school tomorrow. Keith answered for her. Well, you can come on over tomorrow, honey, okay? Patty assured Rahima, pinching her cheeks. Yes, Rahima answered with a sniff. Then from out of nowhere, big tears began to fall from her eyes. Don't cry, rah-rah, Tracy perked, comforting her next-door neighbor with a hug. Matter of fact, I'm going over to your house to ask your mother right now, Patty responded. She, Keith, Rahima, and Tracy went next door, leaving the little boys inside the basement. Beth, Patty's down here, Keith shouted up the stairs. Patty could sense he felt robbed of punishing his daughter. Beth came down in her night clothes. She looked tired. Her long brown hair was combed back, and her dark ringed eyes stood out against her light brown skin. She looked nothing like she did three years ago, when she and Keith first moved next door. Dave and Patty had moved to Germantown only a year before then. The 70s had been prosperous for blacks. How are you, girlfriend? Beth asked, stepping up to hug Patty. Tracy smiled, and Rahima felt relieved with them in the house. I'm doing all right, yeah, um... I just wanted to ask you if Rahima could spend the night on Friday, Patty said, changing her initial plan. Well, yeah, I guess so, Beth answered, sneaking a glance at Keith. Okay, then. I'll be right over to get her after school, and then we'll go shopping together and get us some ice cream. Yay, Tracy squealed. Keith took a seat on their long black couch and watched television in silence. Tracy looks so pretty today, Beth said, watching Tracy as she bounced in her bright red dress. Well, Rara's a little charmer too, Patty told her. Keith frowned. Yeah, but she never listens. Mercedes listens, but I guess Rara thinks she's too cute. Rahima and Mercedes are two different people, Keith. You shouldn't even judge her like that, Patty contested. Rahima became apprehensive hearing her father speak about her. She hoped Aunt Patty could win the fight. Beth always kept quiet. She never intervened when Patty and Keith would go at it about her own children. And since Beth wasn't up for the challenge, Patty stayed right in their business. Well, she better start doing what she's told, Keith warned. She'll be alright. Come here, Rara, Patty said. She gently rubbed her fingers through Rahima's soft hair and rubbed her neck to calm her nerves. She knew she had won their argument. Rahima would be able to sleep in peace. Patty left with Tracy and began to send the rest of the children to her basement home. She then readied Tracy for bed. It was nearly nine o'clock. Did Keith say anything to Rara when I went inside the kitchen? Patty asked her daughter while tucking her in. Uh-huh. He said that she was supposed to go home at 6.30. Patty shook her head in disgust. I knew it. That man ain't no good. He just as evil as he want to be. Tracy chuckled and closed her eyes. Her mother then swept into her own bedroom. Dave was still watching television. He was leaned up against the pillow with his hands behind his head. You know what, Patty? I'm sick and tired of your sisters coming over here and terrorizing my damn house. I worked hard for mine. Now, if they got a problem with that, you best lead them out of our lives. Or at least out of my damn life. Damn, Dave, like, where the fuck was this a few hours ago? You just sitting up here quietly watching the football game. Ain't nobody messing with you. Why you got beef? Look, Dave, that's my family. Without me, they'll fall apart. Patty self-righteously assumed. So even if they argue with me, they really do need me. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you what. Soon you ain't going to need me because I'm a little worn out from this dumb stuff. 
Patty started to undress. Dave, it ain't all that bad. Yes, the hell it is, Dave snapped. Matter of fact, they ain't coming over here anymore. Period. Patty stopped undressing and stared at him. Why, Dave? Because I said so. That's reason enough. Does that work? I tried that for years. It never works. All it does, so here's the here's the here's a diagram of how things happen in, in my house and probably in all houses where there is a uh well a relationship. She does well, you know, you. I'm just gonna say you because you know, gender non specific. It could be uh lady to lady, uh lady to lady, uh guy to guy, whatever. Man or woman, whatever. You do something stupid. She gets mad. They get mad, rather. You apologize. On the other hand, they do something stupid. You get mad. They get madder. You apologize. Yeah, that's pretty much my beloved is literally nodding her head. She knows how the plan works. If she fucks up and I call her out on fucking up, she calls me out on calling her out on fucking up. And I apologize. Relationship perk. Now, you know that ain't even fair, Patty retorted. She caressed Dave's chest under the sheets. Dave pulled her hand away and rolled over. Baby, come on, Patty pleaded. No, now get off me. Patty sighed and turned the other way. Turn the TV off, Dave demanded. You're the one who turned it on. I don't care. You just got in bed. You're not all that comfortable yet. Patty stayed in the bed, refusing to move. Dave turned to face her. What do you think? I'm playing? I told you to turn that shit off, he snapped, nearly pushing her out of bed. Patty caught her balance to avoid falling onto the floor. She then went and turned the TV off. I don't know who he thinks he is, she thought to herself as she strolled back to her side of the bed. Are you satisfied now? Dave was playing his ugly tough guy role. He had learned years ago to keep Patty in check. And Patty enjoyed pissing him off. It was her childish entertainment. Dave jumped up in an instant and grabbed her arm. What are you doing, Patty whined. I'm tired of you playing that young girl shit. You sleep on the damn couch tonight. Why, Patty said, holding Dave gently by his waist. She gently squeezed him, hoping to turn him on. Get off me, Patty. You're a damn kid, girl, I swear, he told her as he knocked her hands away. Patty shoved her breasts up against his chest. Please, I'm sorry, baby, she pleaded. She tried to plant a kiss on her husband's lips. Dave turned away to avoid it. No, get off me, he persisted, still trying to push her away. Patty sighed and began walking towards her daughter's room. Dave asked, where are you going? Patty teased him with a sly grin. I'm going to sleep with my baby. She's the only one who cares about me, she told him. Look, I'm going to give you about two seconds to go downstairs and sleep on that damn couch like I told you, Dave warned her. What the fuck is this? Like, what? Where'd this come from? Like, okay, I was joking initially about the arguments and I get mad and she gets mad and I apologize. I mean, I'm not joking. That's literally the way it plays out every fucking time. But 
This is just stupid. This is a stupid argument. This came out of nowhere. Nigga, do y'all not have a remote? I mean, I know it's like 1980, 1977, 19 something. So they probably don't have a remote, but still. Nigga, what? You're playing your ugly tough guy role? Like, ew. Ew. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, my wife pressed up against me and her breasts are up against my chest. I'm not mad no more. I'm stuttering. Patty really knew how to get to her husband. She smirked and said, okay already. How is is anything she doing getting at her husband, getting to her husband? Dave mugged her in the back of her head. Now, I hope that means mean mugged and not literally mushing her in the back of the head, like shoving one hand into the back of her head. Because then you're no... Dave mugged her in the back of her head. You think this shit's a damn joke, don't you? He asked her, pinning her to the hallway wall. Now, wait a minute, Dave. You're hurting me. I'm hurting you? Shit, you're hurting me with these stupid-ass games you play all the time, Dave told her. How the hell am I hurting you? It looks like you're the one who has me pinned up against this damn wall, Patty retorted. Look, you're fucking with my peace of mind, Patty. Now, we're damn near 30 years old. We getting too old for this role-playing shit. Patty looked at him seriously for a moment. Dave, you're the one who started it. You could have turned that TV off yourself. Yeah, well, I'm going to end it too. He released his hold on his wife and walked back to his bedroom, locking the door in her face. Patty shook her head and grinned. She reminisced on the many other occasions where she had argued with her husband and ended up making sweaty love. Those were their best nights. She thought that maybe they would be having another one if she played along with them, but she was wrong. What? I don't understand. I don't understand people. Like, if you could help me out, I don't understand the whole angry sex thing. Like, I've been in a situation where we're angry, and I've been in a situation where I've had sex while we're angry, and I've had makeup sex, and I mean, it's, sex is good. If you're in a good relationship, sex is usually pretty fucking great regardless of the situation, but I don't understand the whole, I have to irk you so then we can have angry sex. I don't, I think that's toxic. Am I wrong in thinking that? Like, I think that's a, a, a slippery slope where you have to push buttons to get to the point where the sex is that good. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. It happens sometimes. Dave was seriously fed up. He longed for a more mature woman who would cooperate with him instead of aggravating him and forcing him to play Mr. Sweet and Mr. Sour. In fact, Dave had become so good at it that he couldn't tell the difference between his real self and his roles. He was beginning to feel like he was up for a Living Academy Award. Patty fell asleep on her living room couch and spent the night there. She had anticipated her husband coming down to carry her back to their bedroom and make passionate love to her. But it never happened. Come on, Tracy, it's time to get up, Patty called. Okay, Mom, Tracy answered, wiping out her eyes. She stepped out of her twin-size bed and followed her mother to the hallway bathroom. Did I wake you up from a dream, baby? Patty asked her. Yep, I was Cinderella, and the prince was just like Dad. Just like Dad? Well, didn't you have a beautiful dream? Tracy smiled and said, Yep, Mom. Well, let's get you cleaned and dressed so you can eat your breakfast. Mommy, Tracy asked, getting undressed for her bath. Yes, Tracy. 
Why does dad never eat breakfast with us? Because he has to go to work early. Patty helped her daughter into the tub. Why did he have to go to work early? Because that's his job, honey. Did you and dad fight last night, mommy? No, Patty lied to her. Why would you think that? Because I heard you and dad in the hall last night. Like, she ain't stupid. She a kid. Like, well, we were out in the hallway, but we weren't really fighting. Tracy looked in her mother's hand mirror while getting toweled off. Why are my eyes different from yours, mommy? She asked. Because you got them from your father. Uh-uh. Daddy's eyes aren't pointy like mine. Pointy. See, that'll work too. Pointy works. And they shiny too, Tracy argued, still looking inside of the hand mirror. Yes, they are, Tracy. You just can't notice them on your father as much as you can on you because you're lighter than your dad. That's still colorism. That's not the reason. It's not. You're just falling into, you know what? Patty explained. Tracy put her arm next to her mother's arm to compare complexions. Dude, seriously? I'm tanner than you, mommy, she said. Yep, you came right in between me and your father. How did that happen, Tracy asked, as her mother put on her new birthday clothes. Uh-oh, my daughter looks sharp today, Patty said. Tracy smiled and spun around her baby blues dress. But she hadn't forgotten her question. Huh, mommy? How'd that happen, she persisted. What, Patty asked. How did I get like this, Tracy asked again. She raised her arms up high to show Patty her color. You ask some complicated questions for a little girl now, don't you? They went down into the kitchen to eat. Tell me, Mommy, Tracy pressed as she took a seat in the kitchen chair. From genetics, sweetheart. Tracy frowned. Genetics? What's that? What's genetics, Mom? Patty just couldn't believe how tenacious her daughter was. She's going to be a very assertive girl, she told herself. I'll tell you what. You ask dad when he gets home. Why does her asking questions make her a very assertive girl? It just makes your household a place where you don't tell her to shut up, which is a good household. I'm all for it, but that doesn't make her assertive or, or super smart because she's just parroting the things that you're telling her. You tell her that it's genetics, she's going to ask, what's genetics? She's six, maybe seven. I don't remember. doesn't really matter. Oh, uh, see... You don't tell me nothing. Patty looked at her daughter with piercing slit eyes. You watch who you talking to, girl. You hear me? Tracy nodded and began to eat her breakfast with a long face. Tracy loved going to school. She had perfect attendance and was smart and popular. She drew attention like a magnet. She wanted as many friends as possible. Schools where Tracy could show off. And the teachers praised her participation in class. Yep. And then my cousins messed it up. They always mess it up. Tracy was telling her group of girlfriends, Selena, Pam, and Judy. I don't like my cousins either, because they always want to race and stuff, Judy said, standing short and chunky. Damn. Selena, the tallest of the group, rose from her small bench at the far end of the schoolyard. Aw, oh, you just say that because I always beat you, she said to Judy. Shut up, girl. That's why you're going to fail in school, Judy retorted, facing off with her. I got better grades than you, Selena said. No, you don't. Yes, I do, because on our first spelling quiz, I did better than you. Well, we just started, and that was the only one we had anyway. Now, I busted your bubble, Judy responded, bumping flat chest with Selena. 
You can't beat me in nothing, little girl, Selena contested, staring down at her shorter friend. Who's you calling little girl, Stinky? Tracy loved to hear the girls argue. It reminded her of her aunt and her mother. Pam, the quieter friend, sat and watched the action herself. I'll kick you in your butt, big mouth, Selena said as they bumped each other again. Do it then, Stinky, Judy dared. Both girls were pushing and shoving. Tracy got up to stop what could have turned into a real fight. Stop, y'all. We all friends, she said, moving in between them. Well, that's why Selena ain't got no hair. At least I ain't bald-headed like you, Judy said, starting up again. I ain't bald-headed, girl. I got more hair than you, Selena snapped. Get out the way. The ball is coming, a boy shouted, running past. The girls didn't move out the way quickly enough. Judy got knocked down on her plump behind. You didn't have to say plump. You didn't. You could have just sat behind. But anyway. Hey, boy, why you do that? Pam yelled at him. She was quiet, but a fighter. I'm sorry, the boy responded. One of his friends overheard him apologizing. Hey, Tommy, don't say sorry to her, man, he said, staring and bumping into Pam. She swung immediately. The boy blocked it and punched her back in her neck. See, boy, I'm going to tell on you, she whined. Go ahead, then, girl, see if I care. See, Aaron, you always hitting girls. My dad told me the boys that hit girls are sissies, Judy screamed at him. So what, girl? Who asked you, Aaron retorted. Come on, y'all, let's finish playing ball, he told his rowdy friends. I'm going to let that play out because, you know, but, uh, yeah, boys who hit girls are just, you know, abusive. It has nothing to do with anything past that. They're just abusive. Y'all probably already knew I was going to say something like that, so don't act surprised. So what, girl? Who asked you? Aaron retorted. Come on, y'all. Let's finish playing ball, he told his rowdy friends. Go ahead, you scared sissy, Judy taunted him. Tracy loved it. School was exciting. Tracy's father picked her up from school, and she would tell him everything that had gone on while he listened to her constant chatter. Tracy went to work with her questions as soon as they entered the house. Daddy, how did I get like this? Tracy asked, raising her arms. Day stretched out on the couch, failing to notice his daughter's raised arms. He stared up at the ceiling with his head plumped on a cushion. Daddy? Yes, pretty, he answered her wearily. Tracy raised her arms in front of him. How did I get tanner than mommy and lighter than you? Because God did it, he said. He then closed his eyes. God did it? Tracy mumbled to herself. Confused by her father's simple answer, she decided to climb up on his chest and rest there on the couch with him. So, they're like seven, right? Right? I'm not saying that about her laying on her father. That's nothing. That's, I don't give a fuck. But the conversation they were having in school, like, that's not seven-year-old talk, right? Especially not in the 90s, right? Like, six-year-olds? And seven-year-olds bumping up against each other talking about, I'm going to beat you up and all that? Like, were we like, I don't remember what we were like, honestly. But I don't remember fighting with folks, and I don't remember talking to people like that. Like, they have really developed speech styles for six-year-olds. Hello, hello, sleepyheads, Patty said, stepping through the front door an hour later. She hung up her jacket and immediately headed for the kitchen. Tracy got up off of her daddy's chest and followed her mother. Can I help you, Mommy? She asked with wide eyes. Uh-huh. Now get the little frying pan. Okay, now what? All right, now get the Kool-Aid mix. Okay, Mommy. Here, Mom. Now what? Go upstairs to my room and bring down the cups and bowls so Mommy can wash them out. 
Okay, Mom, I'll be right back. Tracy ran up the stairs and grabbed all the dishes she could find. What now, Mom? She asked, running back inside the kitchen and breathing heavily. Aren't you full of energy? Patty commented. Well, why don't you go and see if your father needs any help? Okay, Tracy said, running. She told him her father's arm to the living room couch. Daddy, wake up. That's fucked up. But, I mean, if they didn't wake him up, then he'd be up all night. Daddy, wake up. Yes, pretty, he answered, with his eyes still closed. Can I help you with something? Yeah, sweetheart. Can you help your dad get up? Tracy looked at his long, lean body and remembered the last time she had tried unsuccessfully to lift him. She stepped back and shook her head. No, I can't lift you, Dad. Yep, well, I guess you can't help Dad then, Dave responded to her. Tracy, still filled with energy, hurried back to help her mother in the kitchen. Well, did you help your dad, sweetie? Patty asked her. No. Because he wanted me to help him get up and I have no muscles, Tracy whined. Patty laughed at her. You have muscles, they just aren't strong enough to lift your dad. Well, when I grow up, I'm going to have bigger muscles, right, Mommy? Tracy asked, tugging on her mom's apron. Yep, and you're going to be as tall and pretty as me. Tracy smiled pleased with herself. I'm going to marry me a man like dad too. Patty gave her a curious smile. Do you like boys yet, Tracy? She asked of her young daughter. No, boys get on my nerves, Tracy shouted. Patty chuckled. Why do you say that? She quizzed. Tracy pressed her little hand on her hip and shook her head. Because they rough and bad. And this boy named Aaron hit my friend Pam today, she huffed. Why did he do that? Patty asked her. Because his friend Tommy knocked Judy down when they was playing ball, and Pam was going to hit him for it. So then Aaron came to get in it for Tommy, and he punched Pam in her neck. Well, did she try and hit him back? Yeah, she tried to hit him first, but he blocked it with his arm. Did the boy get in trouble? Mm-hmm, but he didn't even care, though. Yeah, he sounded like a bad boy, Patty said, continuing with her cooking. My friend Judy said the boys that hit girls are sissies. Is that true, Mom? Who told her that? Patty quizzed, turning to face her daughter. She said that her father told her. Patty grinned. Well, you go and ask your father if that's true. Tracy ran back out into the living room. Hey, Dad, are you a sissy if you hit a girl? She asked, tugging again on her father's arm. Dave opened his eyes and stared at her. Did your mother tell you to ask me that? Mm-hmm, Tracy hummed. Then she smiled. Well, you tell her that I said she can't beat it. What? Also, dude, you put hands on your wife just the night before. Tracy ran back to her mother and stuttered. He he said you can't beat it, Mom. Well, you tell him that I love him anyway. Mom said she loves you, Dad, Tracy yelled out to him. Her father didn't respond. Well, Dad, Tracy asked, expecting him to send another message. Well, pretty, I guess it's almost time to eat, he mentioned to her instead. Dave still hadn't responded to Patty's message as they sat down to dinner. Tracy was confused. Her daddy didn't say he loved her mother. Why not? You don't love mommy, dad? Tracy asked him at the table. Dave looked frozen, as if he had lost his appetite. Patty came to his rescue. Of course your daddy loves me, Tracy. What kind of a question is that? Tracy backed off and hunched her shoulders. She was still a bit confused and apprehensive about the tension she had caused at their dinner table. Dave quickly finished his food and headed out of the house after dinner. Tracy was left alone to ask her mother plenty more of her questions. Mommy, where does Daddy go at night? To his friend's house, Patty answered while cleaning pots and pans inside the kitchen sink. Does Daddy love you, Mommy? Patty was getting agitated. 
Yes, he does, Tracy. Now, what is wrong with you? How come he never says it then? Look now, stop bugging me, okay? But does he, Mommy? Tracy persisted. Patty sighed, surrendering. Had she pushed Dave to his limit? Did he still love her? I hope he still loves Mommy, honey, she said to her persistent daughter. I hope and pray that he does. Dave walked in at 11 on a Wednesday, early compared to some of his other nights out. He had begun to spend more of his free time away from home. He failed to touch Patty or talk to her for weeks at a time. He only chatted with her on occasion, kissing her every now and then. Why do we like this book? This book is like out the box depressing. He walked to the kitchen and got out a spoon with the cherry vanilla ice cream and started eating it from the box. I like cherry vanilla ice cream. I like it even better when they put chocolate chips in it. But that makes Cherry Garcia. And they can't. They weren't even thinking on that level back then. Patty waited upstairs, listening to his footsteps. After a few minutes of debate, she decided to walk down the steps to join him. Carefully, she approached him as he sat inside of the kitchen. She calmly slid her hands over his shoulders from behind. Dave moved forward to release her hold. Dude, just divorce her. Just leave. Like, ew, you're acting petulant. Patty then sat in front of him to look him in the eyes. Dave got up and went to the bedroom without a word, leaving the box of ice cream on the table and daring Patty to comment on it. What the hell? Once upstairs, he walked inside of the bathroom to take a shower. Patty followed after him. Dave, where do you go at night? She finally asked, trembling. I go to hell out. Where the hell do you think I go? He answered while running warm water. He closed the door behind him and took a 15-minute shower. This is just... When he had dried himself off and returned to the bedroom, Patty was waiting for him. Dave, are you seeing another woman? She forced herself to ask him. What if I was? You wouldn't care. You're still my number one, right? Patty pressed the issue. Are you, Dave? Dave pulled on his pajamas and slid underneath the covers. Can I get some sleep, Patty? I'm tired. It's been a long day. Patty snatched the covers from him in a frenzy. Stop playing with me, Dave. Damn it, I'm serious, she shouted at him. Dave took a deep breath to calm himself as he set up to speak. Why you gotta calm himself? He the one who's literally... Now look, Patty, you want to keep playing these little panty games, and it ain't fun no more. I don't got no more energy for that. So look, give me back my sheets and shut up before you wake up my daughter. It was too late. Tracy heard them going at each other from her room. She sat up in her bed, wide awake, realizing that her mother was losing her daddy. Several weeks more passed, and Patty tried her hardest to avoid Tracy's daddy questions. Several weeks, damn. Nevertheless, her mother's lack of answers didn't appear to stop Tracy from asking. Mommy, tell me how you met my dad, she asked one morning. Patty shook her head, exhausted by then. You just won't quit, will you? Nope, she's too legit. Okay, girl, what do you want to know, she asked, sitting down to join her daughter eating breakfast. Where'd you meet him at? I met him at a college party. Daddy went there? Yep, and he was one of the most handsome guys there. And did he like you? Well, he came over and asked me to dance. And you said yes? Of course I said yes. I wouldn't have said no to him. And then you got married? Patty grinned and shook her head. No, not that fast. First, Mommy had to get him away from all the other girls. How'd you do that? Her mother reflected on the good old days. 
by being more sexy than them. I mean, at least she's being honest with Tracy. Mommy, I'm six, maybe seven. Derek's not sure. And I don't understand how you and dad met and fell in love. Can you tell me how y'all met? Yeah, we were at a college party and he asked me to dance. And then y'all got married? Nah, first I had to suck his dick. Wait, what? First, I had to be more sexy than everybody else in there. I had to be willing to do what they weren't able to do. I had to take it in the ass. Mommy, I'm six, maybe seven. You shouldn't be telling me about none of this. I know, but you asked. So anyway, I had to be more voluptuously sexy than all them chicks. I had to do a threesome by myself. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'm pushing it a bit, but still, you don't... A kid's asking you how you and her dad met. You don't be like, I had to be more sexy than the rest of them heifers. Like, what kind of honesty... I mean, I realize having honest conversations with your kids are cool. And I talk with my kids about sex when they were like seven and eight. But if they ask me how I met their mom, I'm not like by being more sexy than the rest of the niggas. Wore the gray sweatpants to show it off the dick print. Patty then lost track of time. She thought back to her many weeks of seduction. She used to take Dave out to Fairmount Park at night and do wild and crazy things under the privacy of the trees. She used to sneak him into her house at night while her parents and sisters slept. What, y'all thought I was just making it up? Y'all thought that I was just guessing when I was talking? I've read this book a lot. It's only making me mad now. Patty painted a facade of not appearing to be jealous whenever other women showed interest in Dave. She acted as if she were above them, which made Dave feel more comfortable with her. Patty was always two steps ahead of the game. The long talk Tracy had with her mother about how their parents met made them run late. Tracy's girlfriend to school wanted to know why. Why was you late today, Tracy? Judy asked at recess. Tracy was usually one of the first students at school. I wasn't late, she told her nosy friend. You was almost late, Selena interjected, siding with Judy. Well, almost ain't good enough, Tracy snapped. Her friends caught on to her disdain and dropped the subject. They sat and quietly watched the boys play ball. They all watched Aaron, except for Tracy. Tracy was too wrapped up into herself and her family to think of any boy. Aaron is the best one to keep away. They can't catch him for nothing, Selena commented. Judy sat and stared. So, Pam huffed, what you watching him for? Because he's fun to watch, Selena answered. Trace said out of her blue, smiling. Hey, y'all, guess what my mother told me? She told me that she took my dad from a whole lot of other girls. She did? Judy asked, stuffing her mouth with a cupcake. Really? So, Judy's the short, chunky one. When she got pushed, she fell down on her plump behind. And as Tracy is talking to her about how she met her, how her mom met her dad. Really? She said, stuffing her mouth with a cupcake. Nigga, what are we doing here? Like, I'm just going to keep an eye on this for the rest of this book. Um, yeah. Yep, and then they got married and had me. Watch out, girl, Aaron shouted, zipping past him with other boys chasing behind him. Hey, Aaron, watch where you going, boy, Selena yelled. Tracy paid him no mind. She continued with her story. Well, anyway. So are you saying that it's over? Tanya asked her sister Patty that evening. 
They sat in Tanya's small living room. She lived in a small, just in case y'all didn't know, just in case y'all didn't pick that up, at the beginning of the book, when she said that her her sisters all lived in small little townhouses on the bad side of town, Patty and Tanya sat in Tanya's small living room. She lived in a small three-bedroom house because it's small in Logan, Philadelphia, which is probably a small town. Girl, I don't know. I mean, he hardly talks to me, Patty responded. Yeah, that's how they get when they want to call it quits. Either they ignore you or they get on your damn nerves until you can't take it no more, Tanya told her. Tracy was upstairs playing with her cousins Patrice and Kamar. I mean, what am I supposed to do, Patty asked helplessly. Tell them that you love them and you'll try your best to work things out, Tanya calmly suggested. Patty snapped. Are you serious? I'm not fucking begging him shit. He the one cheating on me. Well, okay, Miss Know-It-All. Why the hell you asked me in the first place since you got all the answers? They sat quietly for a few minutes before Patty apologized. Look, I'm sorry. I'm just under a lot of stress right now. Tanya was still annoyed. You think I don't know that? Me and John have arguments too. It ain't like I don't have to sit down and think things out myself sometimes. That's one of your damn problems, Patty. You always take other people for granted. Now you're getting some of y'all medicine. What the fuck? What? You think this is my fault? Tanya looked at her sister curiously. I don't know, Patty. Is it your fault? You tell me. Patty sat and thought about it. Maybe I have overdone things a few times, she told herself. But it ain't all my damn fault. I mean, he's not even trying to talk it all out. He's just trying to punish some fucking body. I mean, to be honest with you, we don't know what the beef is for. As far as I thought it was, it was because she had her sisters over at the birthday party. But this seems like a long-standing issue that's never really defined in this book. And that's fucking irritating. Since it's such a big part of the book, at least at the beginning, there should be an explanation of why it's in the book. But I guess that's how relationships are. Like, shit just falls apart and you never really know why. And it's just questions. Is he cheating on you? I don't know. Is he doing this? I don't know. But he's mushing her in the back of the head and shit like that. Shit's getting out of hand. He's pinning her up against the wall and shit like that. Shit has gotten to a breaking point. Dave, we need to talk. I mean, our marriage isn't over, is it? Patty asked, settling into bed after putting Tracy to sleep. Dave rolled away from her. He stared at the rain out their bedroom window. Ain't shit come out my mouth, did it? He answered sourly. That's funny. I thought you said that I cussed too much. Well, I've changed and your shit is rubbing off on me. Patty eyed his back. Aren't you going to take a shower? She asked, attempting to provoke him. Why should I take a shower? Didn't you make love to her? Dave paused. No. I just went to dinner with her, and she kissed me. He lied. He wasn't dating any other woman. He simply wanted to give Patty something to think about. Maybe she'll tell me to get out, he thought to himself. He felt as if he was suffocating in their marriage. Maybe I was too damn young to get married. I was just finishing school when she got pregnant. Patty wanted to kill him. Condoms. You know you can get a vasectomy and then reverse that shit? Reverse, reverse. Get a vasectomy. When my son turned 18, I'm taking him to the clinic. Okay, I'm not. I just saw the look. 
I saw the sign and it opened up my yeah, eyes. Yeah, sure. You can take him to the clinic to get free condoms. Yeah, I'm going to take him to the clinic to get free condoms, y'all. That's 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 what I meant. I'm going to take him to the clinic to get free condoms. They're not going to do a vasectomy. He's way too young. Uh, okay. They should, though. No. They won't give females um, two legations. If they're in their 20s. They won't even give y'all a tubal ligation if you're in your 30s. Did you talk with your husband about this? Are you sure you won't want children? Like. Yeah, no, you. Unless there is some kind of complication, they really uh, are against that for individuals who are young. Which, I mean, I can understand their logic. However, you really. She'll let people do what they want to do. And live in color. And I mean, you will find doctors who will eventually be like, okay. Like, if you're very adamant about it. Okay. Patty wanted to kill him. She fucking kissed you, huh? She felt like screaming at him while pounding her fist against his head and back. Then she thought about what Tanya said earlier and decided to use her head. So, what are we going to do now, she pleaded. Are you ready to throw your life away with me and your daughter for this woman? I think I need to take a little break for a while. I got this little apartment I've been looking at, Dave announced to her. What? You need a damn break? Patty felt like yelling at him. She took a deep breath instead, leaning her head on his shoulder. I don't want you to go, baby, she whispered into his ear. We can work things out. Dave shook his head, set on moving out. It's too late for that now. Patty rolled to the edge of the bed. She hoped maybe he would ask where she was going. She went down to the kitchen. She thought about grabbing a knife. Did you sleep well last night, sweetheart? Patty asked Tracy at breakfast. Yep, I had a dream that I could fly. You did? And were you scared? Uh Uh-huh. See, they're spelling uh uh-huh, U-N-H... H-U-N-H, and I would think that that's uh-uh, but it's uh-huh, but when she's asking, were you scared, I don't know, like, if it's a dream, she had a, a, a dream that she could fly, I don't know, I feel like that wouldn't be something where she would be scared, so now I'm confused about what, if this means uh-uh or uh-huh, U-N-H, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-uh. See how they could both fit into that spelling category, I guess? Uh-huh. 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 Fuck it. She was either scared or she wasn't. Patty gave her a medium-sized box to open. Your daddy bought this for you. Tracy opened the box and put out a stuffed animal. Wow, he got a suit on. She held it up and hugged it to her chest. It was a tan lion wearing a black tuxedo with a white bow tie. When did daddy buy me this, she asked. Last night, because he's not going to be around as much. And that's the divorce talk. Tracy raised her brow in alarm. He's not? No, because he decided to move out, Patty told her. Tracy's hazel eyes bloomed. Why, mommy? Patty looked away, feeling both guilt and anger. Because we don't get along anymore. Is he still going to come see us? Yes, but he won't be staying with us for a while. Well, when is he coming back? I don't know. You don't like each other anymore? Tracy squealed. I don't know, honey. 
well, how can I go to play with him and ask him questions and stuff? He never really played with you, honey. Do you remember anything that you and your father did together? Tracy thought about it. No, she said, shaking her head. But I like it when he's here because he makes me feel good. Patty smiled at her and set her daughter on her lap. I know. Daddy made me feel good, too. What the fuck? Nigga, we know what you're talking about, Patty. Nasty. Tracy smiled back and said, yeah, dad is fun. He sure is, baby, but now we're going to have our own fun. How? By going shopping and stuff, because daddy said you're going to get an allowance. Tracy was puzzled. Allowance? What's that? She asked. It's money after a certain period of time. He wants me to have money? Yeah, he doesn't want his baby to be wearing rags. He wants you to wear nice things. Is allowance a child support? Because the allowance my mama gave me was not enough to buy clothing. The allowance my mama gave me took me like four to five weeks to buy a Nintendo game. And before y'all like, yeah, nigga, it's a Nintendo game. They cost 25 bucks back then. Plus, she didn't want to drive us over there to the KB toy store or to the Toys R Us, where it was the only place where they had the Nintendo games. It was messed up. It was a whole racket. She would just wait till I lost the money and then take it back and be like, I found it. It must have been mine. <laughs> Parents, I know I'm not the only one who would be finding money in the laundry in people's pockets. That's thievery. But it's part of the perk, my wife would say, as she looked over at me unethically. If it's in the wash. If it's in a pocket, zipped up. Okay, if it's in a pocket, zipped up. Yes, but if it's something that just happens to come out in the wash. If it comes out in the wash and it's lying at the bottom. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. But our son don't wear jeans. He wears joggers with zippers. And you still be coming out on top when you go in there and wash clothes sometimes. But his zippers don't always be zipped. Mm. Well, who's going to pick me up from school? I don't know yet. But let me tell you something, honey. Patty tossed her arms tightly around her daughter's growing body. No matter what you do, my little princess, never let any little boy break your heart. It's a rough world out here for us girls because everything is geared for the boys to do. And they can just up and walk away from you whenever they want to, just like your father did. Tracy nodded. They can do whatever they want. We're supposed to sit back and be complacent, Patty went on. What's that mean, Mommy? That means you're supposed to sit on the bench and talk to your little girlfriend until some boy wants to talk to you. Yuck, I don't like boys, Tracy told her. Patty shook her head and smiled. Yeah, I know. But you remember this, you hear? You always go after what you want in life and never give anything away without a good reason. Yeah, we ain't talking about... Yeah, because I don't like to give candy now. Patty chuckled to herself. Her daughter was in another world. She'll eventually understand what I'm talking about, Patty told herself. She'll learn. You're a beautiful little girl, and you stay strong, okay? She said, shaking Tracy on her lap and kissing her cheek to cheer her up and get her off to school. Okay, Mommy, Tracy responded with a smile. She then lifted her arm in a bodybuilding pose. I'm going to be real strong. Patty laughed at her. Girl, you're just too much. I'm trying to think of what conversation my mom had with us when my dad dipped out. I don't think there were many. He just wasn't there one day, and niggas didn't ask questions because he was never there because of the military. But, so, again, I'm in this black father's group, 
Them niggas would be going wild over this book. Look at her talking bad about the black man. Look at her just turning her daughter against her dad at such a young age. Look at her. I don't know. Like, nigga, you literally set yourself up for this. You did everything you could to walk out of this relationship. She's allowed to get some pot shots in. But, yeah, she used to... <laughs> out of anger. Like, it just happened the night before. She's still hurt and angry. So, you take that shit elsewhere. You might. That might be the mature way to go about it. But as we've seen from this book, they are not mature at all. Nobody in this family's mature. The sisters ain't mature. The husband ain't mature. The cousins ain't mature. You're right. You're right. You do take that shit elsewhere. But who does at that age? At like 26, 27, if something were to happen, who would be mature enough to take that shit elsewhere? Be real. I didn't talk bad about their dad in front of them. Okay. And my mom didn't either. So I guess. Oh no. I did for me. I did more, I guess, like covering for them because for their dad because I didn't want them to. No. Think negatively about him or any of that. My mindset was. He's not going to change who he is as a person. So as they get older, they'll see who he is. And they'll be able to make their own opinions and have that influence their relationship. And it has. I mean, unfortunately. But it has. Okay. Y'all heard it here first. My wife ain't down for that shit. 916-633-1537 Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com Ratchet Book Club on Twitter Ratchet Book Club on Facebook You can leave a review on Spotify It takes like 13 seconds You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser Copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app You can donate to the show at Patreon.com slash Single Simulcast One dollar will get you a ton of content uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you're